Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. When I first moved to LA, it was not home. It was completely like pun intended. It was literally La La Land. I was in this world like partying with Jamie Foxx and getting into clubs with like all these influencers and YouTubers and going to their birthdays. And I was like, who do I think I am right now? But I was just riding the high of life out there. Welcome to Becoming Obsessed. I'm your host, Teresa Jean, part-time business coach, online marketing expert, digital nomad, and ultra athlete who has always been obsessed with living a life by design, not living on default. I'm obsessed with my life, and I think you should be too. Becoming Obsessed is a collection of conversations that make my heart sing with the people I'm obsessed with. Join me in learning how to outsource and create ease in life and business so we have the capacity for the things we actually want to spend our time on. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, Megan and everyone. Megan Carr and I cheered together in high school, and then she has been off doing her thing in LA for like four and a half years. And so I'm so excited for us to just be able to catch up. I know when we were just chatting, you said that this is kind of like your 16-year-old dream life. You're doing social media management for an agency out in LA. And like when you were 16, like what part of this was your kind of dream life or that you thought of like, okay, wow, when I'm, I don't know, we're 27 now, this is what I wish I could be doing. Yeah. Well, 16-year-old me was a little Delulu and didn't know exactly what she really wanted, but she just did not want to continue to be in Nebraska. She wanted to really get out of her hometown and like start a life that like nobody in her family had ever started before. And so I think that's where like my life now really comes into my dreams is because I'm doing something that nobody in my family has ever done, either because I don't know, they were too scared or like didn't have enough like faith in themselves. I'm not sure. But living in LA and just like the weather, I could go on and on about the sunshine and like the palm trees. And like no snow. Honestly, I'm feeling a little Delulu because it's like 80 degrees out and I'm literally in a sweatsuit. But I just got this from, you know, Sydney. I just like got this from her. She was going to give it to the Goodwill. And so of course now I'm like, let me just wear a sweater in 80 degree heat. That's normal. It's giving fall. It is. It's not quite fall yet. And I'm not ready for the weather to turn, but we're here. But I know I was in LA, I don't know, maybe honestly like four-ish years ago. And... It is a whole different world out there. Like given I was there for a week and I kind of like did the touristy thing, went to some different areas, did some hikes, of course, as you do. I guess I want to know what are the homiest parts of L.A. for you now? Now that you've been there four and a half years, what makes L.A. kind of feel like home or the bits that you just love the most? Yeah. Other question for you real quick. Were you there before COVID? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pre-COVID. We didn't even know that was coming. Yeah, there is a very big difference between what my first year of LA was like when COVID wasn't there. And once COVID hit, LA like honestly completely changed. And it has not been the same since. But I think like when I first moved to LA, it was not home. It was completely like pun intended. It was literally la-la land. I was in this world like partying with Jamie Foxx 
and getting into clubs with like all these influencers and YouTubers and going to their birthdays. And I was like, who actually am I? Like, who do I think I am right now? But I was just riding the high of life out there. And so it didn't feel like home. It just felt like a place that I was just like running around like an extended vacation. Yeah. And so when COVID hit, like reality kind of like smacked me in the face and I was like, oh, snap, what do I do now? Because you couldn't go to the beach. You couldn't go on hikes. You couldn't do any of the LA things that I was doing. And like all of my favorite places were shut down. So I was like, dang, like, what do I do? Like I was really forced to kind of make LA home. And I think that's where going into like social media and meeting people that actually do what I do and like have the same interests or like same goals as me and just surrounding myself with that community. Like I have found a really big community like in my faith out there. And I think that is something that just really makes it home is the people rather than the place. Yeah. And that's honestly how I feel about Omaha too. And I love that. It's like when you think of LA, you don't really think of like church and and a faith community. And for me, I actually just came from a like women's Bible study group that I just started going to. And we're talking about this of like when I travel, that is the hardest community to find. Like I'm in so much community, so many people that are so similar to me and the type of people I want to be around. But like usually the faith conversation is not a part of the equation. Yeah, it's really funny because when I moved to L.A., 22-year-old Megan really thought that she was going to become famous and just like be this whole celebrity out there. And that clearly has not happened. And I don't think I want it to happen anymore. My priorities have definitely changed. But yeah, it's super crazy just the whole journey of living in Los Angeles. Because I think that like when you move anywhere, like when you get out of your hometown and you're like trying to start this new life for yourself, you think it's going to be one thing. And then you're just completely redirected into a different path. Okay. So five years ago, right before you moved to LA, what was that timeline kind of like for you? And how did you make that decision? Like, Did you decide and you moved out the next day or what did that look like? Yeah. So I ended up having a stroke after college and that was, you know, a near death experience. And I think that just would scare anyone into like, what do I do now? Like I was literally given a second chance at life. So I was absolutely going to take it. And I just took that like almost dying in Nebraska as like a you should probably leave here because this place is going to kill you. I don't know if that's extreme, but that's just how my brain was. And I was like, yeah, it's time to go. And in my still kind of delusional brain, I was like, well, you know, LA is like the hills and I can be like Lauren Conrad. And I knew one person there who is my roommate now. She moved out there before my stroke and we were actually going to move there together. But then I ended up having my stroke. So she moved out there anyway. And then I'm actually really thankful that it happened that way because then once I recovered, it was still like, okay, I almost died here. Yep, you need to go to LA. Let's just like figure out a plan to get there. It was maybe like a three month time span of like clearing out my room, like getting everything that I could fit into my car. Like I was staying on someone's couch. I wasn't like gonna move into my own place. I didn't have a real legit plan. I just took like my little tax refund money and was like, okay, let's go. But I sold a bunch of things and said goodbye to people. And like, yeah, within three months, I was out of here. 
I love that. That's actually exactly the type of stories that I want to bring on this podcast because so often, I keep saying this, but there's not one way to do anything. And so often it's like, okay, I have to save up or there's just all these reasons not to do it. And there is this quote, oh my gosh, in the last like month or so I heard where somebody said, if you don't go today, you'll never go. And sometimes it's just like, you have to be like, we're doing this. Figure it out along the way. Have no plans. Sleep on a couch. That's how I travel. When I went to Costa Rica, I don't know, maybe three years ago. I don't know when it was, but I went for three months. And when I landed in Costa Rica, I had two nights booked. Like legitimately had no plan, like at all. And sometimes the planning for me just takes too much energy. I don't have the like capacity and the strengths to like make this huge plan because I just, I won't do it. If I plan it, I won't do it. And if I don't plan it, I'll do it. Like that's how my brain works. And so I love when it's like, yeah, you just kind of was like, okay, full send. Like I need to make a change. I need something different. It'll work or it won't, but like we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. And I think I'm very like, I'm fully aware of like my privilege and my family, like having that to fall back on like I always knew that okay whether you leave or not your family is literally not going anywhere I'm in my high school bedroom right now like it still exists I just wasn't as scared as maybe some other people would be if they don't have like that solid thing to kind of fall back on so I was very lucky in that way and also I was working for Hilton hotels so I did get like a very nice discount on hotels while I was traveling out to LA by myself. Without that, I don't know if I would have gone, to be honest. I think that fear would have totally overcome my brain. Yeah. How did those first few months go? Okay. How much time do we have, Teresa? Get into whatever you want. I really am just interested in like the journey of being like afraid and doing it anyway and being like, I don't have a plan, but I'm going to figure it out. And I know you said like, you know, partying and all of that. So maybe when you started to feel like you were figuring it out, what was that like? It took me a full week to actually get to LA. I left in the middle of February and I don't know why I thought that snow would not exist once I left Nebraska, but it definitely was there because the way that I took, I wanted to like travel and see things. So I went like through Nebraska, through Wyoming, through Utah, through all of California and Oregon. Through everything that's frozen over in February. Basically. But I just, I wasn't thinking. And we were just like, let's go. And so it ended up working out and I got there. And I was living on my roommate's couch for like the first month. Ended up having to leave there for other reasons. And then I ended up staying with a random Mexican family in this house that they just rented me their room. It was super cheap. And I don't know. I just literally will trust anyone, which is bad and good, I guess. In this sense, it was good. So I ended up living with them in like this little condo townhome thing. So it was a bigger space than what I was in before. I stayed there for like four months. And in that time period, I like really had to get over like the partying stage. Like I had kind of run my course on that. Like, whoa, partying is like really expensive out here. You have like bills to pay. You need to like get it together. And that time being away from like the comfort of having that one person that I knew in LA and like 
actually being on my own with this random family I know nothing about. I think that just like being in that situation made me kind of get it together and be like, okay, yes, like you cannot live with this random family forever. Like, what are you going to do? And so I ended up getting just a good job and was still working at the hotel. I was actually working like three different jobs. I was like a Postmates driver. I was working at the hotel. I was working at a nightclub. I was working. That sounds like like, LA to me for sure. Yeah, it was very like hustle grind, that whole LA culture. And was very exhausting, but it ended up getting me to my like first stable, solid apartment, which it looked very great and nice the very first day we visited. And then it just completely went downhill and there were bugs and crazy drug neighbors. And like, I feel like everyone in LA and New York is about to come for me right now for saying this. But Sydney has been out in New York for like two years and she just moved home. But same, like it looks great, full of bugs, like going out there is way too expensive. And then it is like, you don't know anyone, you know, a few people, but you drive instead of taking the train in New York. But like the one person, you know, is probably taking you 45 minutes to even get to to like hang out with. So it just feels even more alone. Yeah. And the thing is, I wasn't in like LA, LA. I wasn't in Hollywood. I was in Sherman Oaks, which is like little white suburbia valley, LA. So it doesn't really matter where you are in LA, like everywhere in LA is rough, whether you're on the other side of Hollywood or not. But then I feel like at that point, COVID had already hit and I was trying to just figure out what I was going to do because I didn't have any job, but I still had my degree in like marketing kind of background. And I randomly, and I always say random because things are just never random, but I met this girl when I went out one night And we were at like dinner or something for somebody's birthday. I don't know. But I started talking to her and she worked for a small business. And like two weeks later, she was like, hey, my boss needs like a social media person. Do you want to do it? And I was like, social media? I don't, I don't, I like, I use it, but I've never done it. But I guess I've done like marketing, advertising stuff. So sure, probably. And that was like my kind of opportunity to just get into social media. And from that point on, I just made this small business, an Instagram and a Facebook page. And at some point, it just like kind of plateaued and there was really like nothing else I could do for them. So my time with them had ended and I moved into corporate America. But then started working for this like online English testing company. That was really random too. But then that gave me enough money to get an even nicer apartment that did not have bugs. That's a win. We love no bugs. Yeah, my neighbors are great. I love them. We're friends. Their little dogs are so cute. And right now, that's the place I live in now. It's right across the street from Target. It's just like, it's the best. And so I feel like after that, I was like, yeah, I'm in a solid place. And I was getting comfortable. And I know that when you get comfortable, life is like, hold on, let me show you something. And then I ended up just having to travel a lot for different things. Like people were having babies and getting married and funerals and like all this crazy stuff. So then the corporate job was like, you're not in the office. We can't have that. Goodbye. And I was like, oh, love corporate America. Yeah, I love corporate America. And so 
after that, I was like, okay, you know what? I was already at that point where like, I didn't want to be there. And I was like, I don't like working for these like older people who don't even know what I'm doing with their social media. I wasn't getting any like critiques or like, you should do this. It was like, this is the brand, stick to it. That's it. There wasn't a whole lot of creativity there for me to work with. And so now at this agency that I found within like two weeks of being fired from corporate America, and I just figured out unemployment. And then I got this job and I was like, well, actually, I don't need this unemployment anymore. Sorry, government. And then I've been with them ever since. And it's almost been a year, just got promoted. And it's like, just everything fell into the place it's supposed to fall into. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's great. It took a very long time, but four and a half years later, I think we got it. Honestly, no, like sometimes it just, I see this all the time in my own life and other people where if we're not really where we're supposed to be, or I want to say like, especially with jobs, I think a lot of people get burnt out or feel like in their soul that it is not right. And try and stay and make it work anyways. And I've seen this like time and time again over the last two years of like, if you don't quit, you'll get fired or let go or like life will happen to you or you'll get sick. Like something is going to make you get out of that job that's draining your soul. And so it's almost like listening to that intuition of like God telling you like before he makes you just listening to those signs and like getting more in tune with that intuition to understand when you're quitting something because it's right for you to quit it. And that's so different than, you know, leaving something because it's too hard or not wanting to put in the hard work or not wanting to like, you know, make it work. That's so interesting to me, the difference in those of like when you should quit and when like you shouldn't because there's light on the other side of the tunnel if you like stick in and do the hard work and the learning and the connecting and all of that. Yeah, and it's actually super funny that you kind of segued me into my next little thing is that I was looking and applying for so many jobs. Like, because I took a pay cut from corporate America to work for this agency. And so I was already like, this is just going to be temporary. I'm not even trying to be here that long. First, like, couple months, I was already in other interviews in application mode, like trying to find something else. And for so long, I was getting rejection or just getting ghosted by people after interviews and like it wasn't happening and I was like dang okay I'm just supposed to be here I guess and yeah two months later now I'm promoted so I'm like well okay then and I'm making the same amount that I was making in corporate America so I'm just like okay I literally see what God is actually doing and like I love to bring him into that because I truly do not have control over anything that has happened, like it is literally all him just like making it work. Yeah. And I know we're kind of talking like retroactively, but I love that you said you're living out what 16 year old Megan would have wanted. And so when we're, you know, are you 27 as well? Yeah. Okay. So it's like if you were thinking forward of what does, you know, like 35 year old Megan want? I know we will literally never have control over like what the next 10 years or however eight years bring. But what does that look like for you? Do you want to stay in LA? Do you want to like move again? I don't know. Cause I already kind of feel myself like getting tired of LA, not like tired, but just like, okay, I've been here for like almost five years and like, it's fine. It's whatever. But like, I'm starting to wonder more and like think more about like 
what else is there? What other place could I live in? Like working at this agency, basically what I do is I run the pages for different apartment buildings, like all across the country. And so I'm researching all these different places and like looking at all these local area stuff and like all these places to live. And I'm like, wow, there's like so many places to live out there. And so I've been kind of interested in the South for some reason. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I feel like something in the Carolinas or like Georgia or something is like calling my spirit or whatever. I don't know if that's just like me being a little Delulu again or if something is actually there waiting for me right now. I would give LA probably a couple more years. Like when I was moving to LA, I wanted to live my 20s out in LA. I wanted to just have that time to be in LA. And then when I'm 30, you know, maybe I'll be a little more mature and like want to go like find a husband or something. I don't know. But I think that's kind of where I'm at is like I want to finish my 20s in LA and see if I can just make more career moves out there because that's ultimately why I moved to LA is because you can literally find anyone find anything to be or know or get connected with like the networking and the opportunities there is just insane so I think I just want to feel that out for the rest of my 20s and then probably mid-30s maybe I'll find that love or something or have a baby I don't know but I'm definitely that person that's like okay career first and then do the marriage and babies thing that's just my personal yeah we're here for it so Then kind of my last, and this is like always kind of the fun one to end on, what are some things you're currently obsessing over? Well, I am very obsessed with Jesus. I know we've like mentioned God and church and stuff like a little bit, but I truly am obsessed with like just my faith. And I feel like I have gone through all these stages and all these experiences in my life without it. And Like life worked out without it. It was fine. Like I was still living, but I did always feel like something was missing and I wasn't that true, fulfilled, like happy, whatever joy that people talk about. And so I think now when I look and compare the two, I'm like, yeah, faith was the thing that was absolutely missing because I would just find myself getting into these deep, dark places of like, I don't know what I'm doing. And life is just this big question. And then it was like, I had no faith at all, like in myself or in anything. And I think having that faith and having just that kind of obsession and like the power of prayers and like Jesus saving me or whatever, all of that just accompanies this, like, I call it a Godfidence. It's like just something that keeps you going. And I think I'm just obsessed with like that feeling of like knowing that I literally have not only my power, but like the power of God, like the highest being on earth behind me to like propel me into whatever journey he has already set. And I'm also obsessed with the color pink. Is that pre or post Barbie movie? Yeah. (laughs) I'm very obsessed with traveling. This year has been a big travel year. I'm obsessed with Alani News. Alani News. Yeah, it's like this little energy drink. It's supposed to be better than a Celsius. I don't know. A little healthier than Celsius. I have no idea. But very good. Yeah, I haven't tried those actually. I've been very much, I'm like water 
and hydration, like liquid IV and Gatorade, like no sugar powders and which neither of those are actually that good for you because they do have like so much sweetener in them. At this point, we all need our own farm, apparently. I basically am living in a farm. My sister does native plants and has this huge garden. And so yesterday or two days ago, she made spaghetti like straight up from the garden, just like simmering down the tomatoes. It's nice and it's especially nice because she does all the work. And I just kind of hang out. That is so amazing. I love that. Yeah, it's been nice. But oh my gosh, it was so good to catch up with you, Megan. And thank you so much for coming on Becoming Obsessed. Let people know how and where they can connect with you. Yes, this is really fun. Okay, so if you are curious, you can find more about me at Living Life Paris. It is S. And then living, Paris Hilton made the same. I don't know. It's lay at living or something like that. And so I was about she- to ask, I have no idea what your handle means. Yeah, it's living. It's like you slay at living. I don't know. And so I put sliving like Paris because she made that. It's a little weird, but that's my handle for anything. Unfortunately, fortunately, that is where you can find me. Beautiful. Amazing. Okay, everyone, we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for hanging out today. And before you go, I have a question. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and thought, I'm obsessed? And since you're still here, I want to know what you're currently obsessed with. Message me on Instagram at becomingobsessedpod and let me know. All right, let's go get obsessed. <laughs>